Welcome to the latest episode of Bam, That's Boris and Matt's Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and then at the end, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris, as the sun rises in the east, don't you know? A story we broke last week on Bam, Sunrise in East. We're doing a podcast here. It feels good, buddy. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, it's been a crazy weekend, like, uh, you know, uh, family stuff, right? Um, but outside of that, like, like it feels it's, it's pretty good. I relaxed. I, I went into Boris R&R mode. And, you, you know, when Boris is in R&R mode, it's like I disappear from the world. Uh, you know, I barely check my phone, you know, uh, just, just, just get my R&R in. Try to relax, try to regroup, try to recharge that battery. Because, uh, uh, yeah, after last week, it really felt like it was uh, running damn close to low. Yeah, man, lots, lots on the go. Yeah, thank you so much for all your organizational skills at the Rhino. We had a good time. Anybody we met there, uh, it was awesome to see all the people uh, out enjoying professional wrestling and then like rampage dynamite all this shit miami dolphins quarterbacks dropping like fucking sacks of bricks boris yeah yeah and we're not the only ones man it's the nfl right now it's like something's you know it's it's just it's to me it's interesting we'll talk about this in a couple in a couple minutes you know just the sheer amount of injuries that are being reported and the eyes on these injuries yeah, exactly. Well, we're probably going to see Tua next weekend. Yeah, again, it's not. We don't have to make this a Miami Dolphins centric podcast. But yeah, man, the NFL is a violent sport. It's just baked into the pie. It's in the nature, and it's tough to reconcile that in 2022. It really is, man. Man, it. But it, that's the thing, right? Like, it's so hard knowing what we know now about head injuries, right? Knowing what we know now about uh, just concussions in general. I've learned so much about concussions with my issues, right? Um, you know, I haven't really talked about this too much on the show, but like I've in in the span of my life because I had played a lot of sports, I did get quite a few concussions. Then back in 2016 in the span of like 6 months, I got 3 severe concussions, like super severe concussions that to this day, I still get post-concussion syndrome. Um, in the beginning of the summer, when I was out west visiting my brother, he works in a medical uh, in the medical field, uh, and, and and it's like this new type of, of brain scan. And essentially, I I was a guinea pig, and it just it you know it, I saw how bad my brain actually still is. Like it's still super slow to respond. Uh, so yeah, like essentially. I can't play sports right now, still, to this day. Yeah, well, you don't want to incur any more damage, man. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't even realize it was, like, that bad. I know it's a little bad, but, yeah, man. Well, uh, hopefully uh, that, but, that friggin' heal, you heal up. But, yo, that's yeah, why that's it is important thing, right? for like, you, Boris, from time They're... to time to take. Yeah, sorry yeah. not to talk over you. No, sorry, but, uh, sorry. It, it, it's important for you to take the time to rest up and, like, you know what I mean, when you do need... When you do feel like you have to, quote, recharge the battery, do so. That's very important. Anyway, yeah. please continue. Yeah, but sorry. My my point was I'm not trying to, like, make this about me and, or whatever. Just, um, you know, what we've learned so much about hand injuries and everything. Like, even with 
to the point that I am. And, you know, people who listen to the show for the wrestling part of it know that, hey, it is possible to get better. Someone like uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, Daniel Bryan, he can come back and, and everything can be good. But there's still always that fear, right? And there are programs that I can go through. But even here in Canada, these programs are not funded and they're like $25,000, right? So, like, I have looked into this. And the point that I'm trying to make, though, is that, like, just because of everything that we know about head injuries and, and the likes, like, it's, 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 it sometimes takes away from the fun of the sport. I don't know about how, how you feel about that, but, like, sometimes watching it and, and seeing these guys, like, just, you know, get injured and go through these injuries it's like you just want to throw all the mo- you want to throw all the money at th- at them and then you also question like why they're playing the sport in the first place right and then we're now seeing this kind of happen in you know youth sports and this is the point that I'm trying to make at the end of it all is we're seeing a dip in numbers in youth sports for certain sports right but even other sports like soccer still has its its dangers let me tell you, I got two concussions playing playing soccer, right? I actually got more injured playing soccer than I did playing American football. That's yeah, that's crazy. You probably spent more time playing soccer, mm-hmm. though. Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. But but yeah, but yeah, I, I understand your point, man. There is there are still collisions in soccer, though they are sold like professional wrestling matches. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, man. Well, it's the difference between it back in our day. Like why well, I'm 35, you're 37. When we grew up, we grew up on like NFL's greatest injuries on VHS straight up legitimately. That's not just a Simpsons bit like shit no, like that existed. Exactly. Rock'em, Rock'em Sock'em. Sock'em. Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah. I literally like literally like a year or two ago. I threw those because those were all on YouTube. Not sure if they're still there now, but they were two years ago before that or like three years ago before the Don Cherry stuff happened. Anyway, I remember sitting there over Christmas with my roommate and some friends getting drunk and watching some Rock'em Sock'em and just laughing at how hockey used to be. And kind of like you, like some of the hits are are like entertaining to watch even to this day because buddy didn't get injured, but like watching like Scott Stevens, like literally end Eric Lindros's career. Yeah. That's crazy in retrospect, man. And that's like, that was like celebrated on, on yeah. the day. And people were like, wow, that was violent. But also were people like, whoa, like Scott Stevens, don't go over the middle. Oh, he's a sledgehammer. It's just like, it was crazy, man. We were like- way more violent 20 years ago. Well, it's like auto racing, right? What's the number one thing about auto racing that people love? The crashes brother it yeah. is what it is it's crazy right but like yeah but like we are seeing a, a dip to a certain extent in certain sports right and it's understandable because i even i have friends with 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 little kids now who are hesitant to sign them up in a competitive sport like they might do a sport at a young age just to get the exercise in um, but they don't want them to be in this sport competitively for too long um, because it kind of yeah it, it it's it's it can take a toll on you right but we're also seeing a shift in for example soccer you know you can say what you want but like there, there there's a real now trade-off between do we keep score and teach them you know, that winning is everything, or do we take a step back and teach them the fundamentals of the sport so that we can get better players moving forward who understand the sport and who will obviously take care of themselves a little more? Because, you know, and that's kind of a trade-off we're seeing. And, and it's funny because when I played House League, 
I got injured more because I was playing with people who were just like hacking at you and had no idea how to properly play the sport, right? So I one of my major concussions did come from house league. I was running. I was a Ford, believe it or not. I was running. It was house league, so I'm like, I'll do something that I never typically do. And this moron slid tackled me, which you never do in non-professional soccer and completely tripped up my legs my i like i i tried to jump up but he tripped me midair and i ended up falling head first on a bench on a bench on a bench on a steel bench how close were they to the field that seems like poor uh, they were very close they were very close to the field it was an indoor league it was in the in, in a uh, bubble okay, in hamilton Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, Jesus H, brother. Well, yeah, man, uh, friggin' tryhards ruining everything as yeah. per usual. We're way deep in the woods here. We have so much to talk about. We, we got to steer this yeah. bus back on a track here. Yeah, so where do you want to start? Because we have NBA, we have some MLB, we have NFL. Where do you want to start? Um, let's start with MLB because it's, uh, it, it's a hot story right now. There's a big philosophical debate to be had, but let's start with your Dodgers post-mortem. Tell me how sad you are. And then we'll get into the big, obvious philosophical question. This doesn't surprise me because of literally what I said last week. You take baseball players out of their, and sorry for stealing your thunder, you take baseball players out of their regular routine, you move pitchers around, you are off for a week. Your timing is off. You're not seeing real-time pitching for a week. And the teams that you're facing are literally in do-or-die situations. Guess what? The advantage, any advantage that the division leaders had is gone. And we're seeing this. And what did I say last week, Matt? What did I say? Yeah, you said that all the favorites were going to lose, and three out of them have, and the Yankees are going into a deciding game five here on Monday night. So, yeah, the, well, actually, no, not all two. of them, two out of the three. So, yes, the, the Houston Astros did beat the lower-seeded Mariners. But in the National League, Boris, your Dodgers, who won 137 fucking games this year, yep. lost to the San Diego Padres, who don't have their best player, Fernando Tatis Jr., and the Braves, defending world champions, lost to the Philadelphia Phillies. Look. So the NLCS that no one wanted, Padres-Phillies. No, that'll be fun. It'll be. Here's the thing. And, and this is why, as an overall fan of baseball, I am fine with this. It's because for the past two years, we've seen the Braves and Dodgers. It's always good to see different teams in, the, in those positions. As a Dodgers fan, it's horseshit because of literally everything that I've said, right? Like the obvious advantage, like what was the reason of Do – like you are in a disadvantage for winning more games and getting a week off. You can argue that. You can argue that's okay. Here's my compromise. Because I think they're going to have to change it. I do think there's going to be enough complaining from assholes like you, Boris. No, I'm just kidding. I, it's a very valid no, but complaint. It's, I think, I. you know what, it, it, here's the thing, though. <sighs> okay, let's hear your compromise. And then I'll, I'll play devil's advocate after. Oh, <laughs> okay, so they the top seeds need to be rewarded for being top seeds. Yes. At the same time, just sitting there makes you rusty. So it's a three-game round robin in a preset location between the four teams who made it right do the four the two top seeds in each 
league play a round robin Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and whoever wins that round robin gets home field advantage. Their league gets home field advantage in the World Series. So you can treat them like three, four, five on your rotation. You can really try hard if you want to do whatever you want, but that keeps the players active gets them doing something and it keeps you in the top two seeds. So you do get home field advantage in the divisional round of the major league baseball playoffs. What do you think about that? That's an interesting take. I, you know, that's a, I was, I've thought of some similar solutions, but not to that extent. Here's the issue with that meaningless games at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Home field advantage is something, but what happens if, you know, uh, your, your ace starter gets injured. Completely right, and then people would be just yeah, then, up in arms exactly. about these useless games. You're you're, you're bang on right, and but here's at least the they issue. would be playing. They wouldn't be rusty, right? Anyway, exactly. Yes. Here's the issue at the end of the day that why I don't see this this format changing or there being very very minor issues. And for that, I have a sound clip. Here comes the money. Here we go. <laughs> money talk. Here comes the money. That is why. Picture Shane McMahon just fucking dancing, spinning, a ching, a ching, bling, bling, throwing and, the worst punches in the history of wrestling at Randy Orton. <laughs> exactly. And we saw that live. But seriously, that's the reason why they're never going to change this format. Uh, um, you know, they buddy, might tweak it to a one gamer, but, yeah. you know, but even then, I don't know. Now, the other thing we need to consider is this, and I don't know how the schedules are going to work next year, but because of the lockout... They had to rejig all the schedules and things had to move. But I still am firmly under the belief that no matter what, the division leaders were going to get a whole week off if or six days or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, I actually have no idea. But, yeah, we, we got to figure that out. That's it's going to be on the docket. But kudos to Major League Baseball after literally 150 years of being so resistant to change. They changed a lot of shit for next year. Basically overnight, they were just like, "Yeah, we're gonna do all the things we were talking about. Let's do it." So yep. maybe they'll change this too. Who knows? But exactly. buddy, I think you're onto something with that whole Shane McMahon theme song. Yeah, you think TBS, you think Fox, you think uh, ESPN are gonna want to uh, drop some cashola? Because let's be honest, those wild card games were huge. They were huge, and they were oh, yeah. play, being played in markets that don't usually get games. Uh, you know, Seattle, for example. Um, you know, like, and I, I don't mean that they, they weren't they were played in Seattle, I but know the fact that Seattle had extra games was huge, right? Um, so yeah, we'll Los see. Los Angeles, <laughs> lol. That's a shot. That's a shot across the uh, bow. No man, I love it. <laughs> no, uh, you, yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right. If anything, what they're gonna do, buddy is add more teams while you don't want everyone to get rusty. So number two plays number seven and number one plays number eight, except they play all the games at home and they get a five run lead. I don't know. We'll figure they'll figure something out. I saw. So you and I are part of a, um, like a a Facebook baseball group. If anyone wants to join, let me know. Um, It's run by my brother and I, and someone it's not so active this year, uh, but uh, what's it called? Someone had an interesting point, and I think it was made there. I don't remember where it was made. I'm pretty sure it was in that MLB chat that we have on Facebook, and that is giving the division leaders a one-game advantage. Yeah, it might have been Sean Burkhead, actually. Yeah, I think it was him. I think it was him, actually, on BAM. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out Berkey. That was a that was a good shout. Yeah, giving the division leaders a one. So they have to win two to the other teams having to win three. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know if they would do it again for that money, but maybe they would. Maybe that would be a good compromise. Yeah. Anyways, we'll debate this as as this story unfolds, because I'm sure we're going to hear about this uh, moving forward, especially from the Braves and the Dodgers. I'm sure they're going to be bitching to to the MLB office like this morning. So we'll see what the fallout of all this is. For all that we know, nothing changes. And, you know, it's just going to have to be, you know, tough shit. You're going to have to change how you train. Yeah, a tough titty, kitty, if you will. Anyway, Boris, let's uh, let's move on from the Major League Baseball playoffs. Who do you like? Do you, do you think Houston's going to win this because life isn't fair? Yes. All right, very good. Me too. Uh, <laughs> let's go to football. Quickly talk about it. It was a weird week, week full of upsets, week six in the National Football League. We saw the Steelers beat Tom Brady. We saw my 49ers take a big L to Atlanta. The Jets go into Lambeau and fucking stomp the Packers. What stood out to you this week, big homie? What stood out to me was um, okay, so okay, in terms of there's one thing I do want to talk about and I'll wait a little bit. The Eagles and the Cowboys game stood out to me for the simple fact that I think we're getting a real glimpse of what the Cowboys are without their starting QB and the Eagles are for real the other game that stood out for me um is the uh which one was this well the Bills Chiefs was an excellent game to watch absolutely yeah Buffalo again looking real I would not panic on Kansas City at all Buffalo is just that good these teams are probably going to meet again in the AFC title game. They're going to go back and forth for the next five years, maybe until the jets take over the AFC. By yep. God, what world do we live in? Awesome. I, I like that Cowboys Eagles. Sorry. I like the Cowboys Eagles game a lot. Cowboys defense is so good, but the Eagles still put up 26 points. The Eagles are looking awesome again, though. You're right. Like wait till Dak gets back. Like, let's not forget Dak Prescott's actually really good. And if the Cowboys are humming and he comes back and starts driving that F1, on race car, Boris, maybe they could be in, uh, way better off in the NFC than we ever thought. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, again, just because they're our team, and, but it is a story. Let's talk about Tua. Big story. How do you think Big story. the Dolphins are going to fare with Tua back next week against the Steelers? Well, I, I mean, he he was 9-1 in the 10 games previous to his devastating brain injury. But the devastating brain injury happened two weeks ago, so I don't want to see him on the field. I hope he's healthy. If he is healthy, there really is no reason to think he's going to suddenly be bad. He's yeah. obviously at least, at, at the least, the worst thing you can say is he's obviously our best option at quarterback. Now, for the love of God, why are you playing him next week? You know, like... You can lose another game, guys. It's okay. Like, long-term health of this guy. They're playing. It's the Sunday nighter, right? It's the Steelers are coming to Miami for the Sunday nighter. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to win the game if two is healthy. Yep. Rams. The Bolts are falling off that team. And, 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 yeah, they beat the Panthers but who isn't beating the Panthers right now when the Panthers locker room is just looking like the AEW locker room right now um but the Rams locker room isn't faring much better this is what I said about them last year right that they are a team of superstars and god 
God bless whoever has to manage these egos. And I think that's the issue that we're seeing with the Rams. Yeah, they did beat the Panthers, but I mean, you and I could throw together a game plan and beat the Panthers probably right now. Can we stop McCaffrey? Can we figure out, can we get 11 men to surround McCaffrey that we have beaten the Carolina Panthers, Boris? So yeah, yeah the Rams are in deep trouble. It looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like the Super Bowl hangover is quite real in Los Angeles. Ravens, my God, can they oh. please keep a lead for the Los Just close of- it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, they are. Yeah, they're. You know what the Ravens are? The Toronto Blue Jays. No bullpen. Can't close a fucking yep. game, Boris. They are. They are. So Ravens lost twenty-four to twenty after being up by a, quite a bit against the New York Giants, who seem to be for real. The New York Football Giants. One scary moment was Saquon Barkley leaving that game. As a Saquon Barkley fan and fantasy owner. Always sucks to see that, but he might be back. Uh, well, he came back in that game. He might be back at full strength. He might be a little banged up. We'll see. But yeah, hopefully Saquon, no worse for wear. The New York football Giants, just a scrappy team. I really like their coach. I love the Giants coach and the Dolphins coach this year. They're they're both uh, kind of feel-good stories, kind of guys you'd want to have a beer with. And though they're completely different, I'd love to crack a beer with both. Yeah. All right. Got to talk about this. The Thursday nighter. Amazon paid how much money for this Thursday night game? <laughs> oh, eat shit, Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, we should play the, uh, we should end the song with like the Bo Burnham fucking Jeffrey Bezos. We should end the podcast with that. I'll send oh, you the yes. link to that. Oh, no, I have it already. <laughs> Don't worry. Right, I got my TikTok uh, playlist going. <laughs> but seriously, the just Bears a, just and a, the another, Oh, another just bag of shit on Thursday night. The Washington Commanders beat the Chicago Bears 12 to 7 in a game that Jeffrey Bezos watched and then immediately flew to Mars because of. Yeah, between the investment of the Thursday night game and the Lord of the Rings show, which is getting very mixed reviews by the audience. Oh, fuck. Tough times. Tough times for our bald overlord, Jeffrey Bezos. Uh, the only worst investment in NFL history, Kyler Murray. No, that's rude. That's just rude. But the, and the he's going to be on this week's Thursday game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Saints at Kyler. Yeah, but yeah, so the Seahawks, the scrappy Seahawks, who we have to be a fan of because, A, we love the West Coast, and B, Geno Smith, you know, he's revived his career. I got a little uh, Kenneth Walker, a little sprinkle of Kenneth Walker in fantasy. And uh, the Seattle Seahawks, scrappiest team in the NFL. They beat the Cardinals. So it was a fun week of football. Some crazy shit. I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend a cent because I would have lost everything. I would have lost every bet. I know lost a shit ton of money with just the 1 p.m. games. The One of the 1 p.m. games that I, mean, I don't know why people consider this a upset, but that's the New England Patriots finally getting 3-3, three and three, finally back at 500 after beating the Cleveland Browns 38-15. to 15. Bailey Zapp, his first game with over 300 yards, two touchdowns, 24 for 34. Not bad a game for that young chap. Oh, pretty good game. Yeah, the Browns have a lot of talent, but Patriots obviously way, way better coached. And the Patriots have a very good defense. Uh, I guess the only game we didn't talk about were the Jaguars feeling the boom yet again. The uh, the Colts beat the all-elite kitties 34-27. to 27. 
we might have been a little a little premature on coronating the Jaguars three weeks ago. I yeah, well, I think we well same with the Dolphins, but that's all on me. I'll take the L on that one. Um, but <laughs> Florida Trevor Lawrence, man, <laughs> one sixty-five yards, one touchdown, twenty for twenty-two, zero interceptions. He's just struggling, man. He's just struggling to throw that ball right now. T, uh, TL had a decent game compared to a couple of them that he's had previously, but yeah, it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. He definitely doesn't look like the next Andrew Luck yet, yet. You know, he, he's still a young man. You can't write him off, but he, but there are questions. There are questions. No. Obvious questions. Very obvious questions. Uh, just quickly, Bengals beat the Saints 30-26. to 26. Entertaining game. The Bengals seem like they're rounding into form, but there's... They were not a fluke, but they they got lucky, like in a lot of ways, to make the Super Bowl last year. It broke right for them, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then tonight, the Broncos go up against the Chargers. Yeah, we've definitely said our piece about the Broncos. It wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers stomped them, just destroyed them this yep. week. Which, of course, means that the Broncos will finally show up and win by ten. But exactly. All right, let's talk about Week Seven of eighteen on Thursday. The lonely Amazon game. We have the Saints versus the Cardinals. It's a weird one. It is a weird game, but the Saints play an entertaining brand of football. They seem to be in some fun, high-scoring games. And Kyler Murray, complete question mark. Cliff Kingsbury could be the worst coach in the NFL right now. Should be fun. Yep. All right, here's an interesting one. How many points will the Ravens be leading over the Browns before they blow up? (laughs) Uh, four touchdowns, 28-point comeback <laughs> for the Browns this week. Oh, uh, something, too, We because uh, I had mentioned way back, like a couple of weeks ago, months ago at this point, that there was I was going to be on a sports roast, right? And uh, that ended up falling through. But the guy that I was going to roast, he's a Steelers fan. So we reached out to each other, kind of talked about, like, doing something. And we saw that the Steelers played the Dolphins on week seven. Lo and behold, Steelers-Dolphins week seven. That's coming up. So on the next BAM podcast, at some point on Sunday, I'm going to record my roast with this guy. We're going to roast battle each other, possibly while watching the game. It should be fun. So we'll we'll insert that into into next week's BAM podcast. His name is Jeff Faulkner. He's a comedian in Tirana. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. All right. If you know what, I might actually put money on this game. I might put money on this game. Commanders over Packers. I'm calling over it right Packers. now. You're out on the Packers to that degree. Yep. Wow. Yep. I'm going to w- bet on the Washington football commies. Yep, dude. I am just waiting for for Rogers to do the CM Punk promo. In in in, a, in an interview, like at this point, that's all we need. Either him just or Tom munching, Brady are going to do it. I'm pretty sure it'll be Rogers. Of, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it'll be Rogers who does that, and it'll be Brady who slaps Sammy Guevara backstage. <laughs> and it'll probably actually be Sammy Guevara. <laughs> He's just there somehow in Tampa Bay. I love it. He, he probably lives in Florida. But yeah, oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, just just Aaron Rodgers press conference snacking on magic mushrooms. I'm hurt. I'm pissed off. I work with children. Oh, I can see it. Bucks Panthers. Gross. I, I think it'll be a bounce back though. The Panthers look like they're like they're tanking for Connor Bedard this year, buddy. Yeah. Uh Falcons, Bengals, man. Falcons should 
win that one easily. Here's a here's one that is actually a true test for the Cowboys. They're facing the Lions. Yeah, if you're a real team, it seems like some real teams have been brutalizing the Lions. So if the Cowboys are a real team, they'll beat the Lions by 30. If the Cowboys are a fake team, they will win 48 to 45. That's yep. how it goes against the Lions. And now here's the thing. We say our thing about the All Elite Jaguars, but they're facing the Giants this week. And I don't know why my gut tells me they're going to get a win against the Giants. This is this is a glaring red flag. If you're if you're the NFL is fixed type of fan, bet your house on the Jaguars because the Giants are going to be a very popular pick this week. People are out on the Jaguars. People love the Giants. They're in Jacksonville. It could be. A, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but you know it's October in Jacksonville. It wouldn't shock me if it was you know fucking raining, Boris. I could see. Uh, I could see this being a stinky, gross game that the Jaguars win like nine to six, you know? Yeah, Colts, Titans, Texans, Raiders, Jets, Broncos, anything stand out on those three games? Uh, not particularly, although I will be looking for the Jets to kind of prove their real sauce. Gardner looks like an excellent cornerback, smothering the opponent's wide receivers. And Russell Wilson looks like a washed quarterback who can't get a ball to a wide receiver. So that could be a rough night for the Broncos. A potential Super Bowl preview, Chiefs 49ers. I'll have you know that though the 49ers shot their pants this week and the Chiefs lost too, this is still my Super Bowl. Chiefs at 49ers. Seahawks, Chargers, meh. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, we like the Seahawks. That should be a fun game. Scrappy Seahawks. Yep, Steelers, Dolphins we talked about already. And then the Bears versus the Patriots on Monday. I will not watch a second of that Monday nighter. That will not get a second of my time. Well, there you go. There you go. That's the NFL in a nutshell. All right. So that is week seven. We're about a third of the way through the season. And uh, it, it's still still lots to learn about the football season. It seems to be like a lot of mediocre teams, a lot of teams in the middle right now. Only a few have uh, have stuck their head out amongst the, uh, you know, the leaders. Yep, exactly. You know what's funny, actually, now that I'm thinking about this, and I'm just quickly before we move on. Remember how the Dolphins made the Patriots their bitch constantly during the Brady era? Yes. I have a feeling that that's going to happen now with Buffalo. I have a feeling that Buffalo will never be able to beat the Dolphins, but Buffalo is going to go on some 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 run. That's bold. That is a bold statement. We shall see. I hope you're right. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's the NFL for you. Till next week. Go Fins. All right, man. So we got to do a we got to do an NBA preview. I think the National Basketball Association it's starting up again. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Could you imagine? We're playing basketball, Boris. We are playing basketball. So what we do here at BAM is at the start of a sports season, we like to go through, give our picks for the entire league, see if we can get somewhere close to it at the end. We're going to look back on this in April and then again in June when they actually award a championship and see how close we were. Yep. Oh, man, this is this is an interesting year. It's just, I, 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 no team stands out for me, not even... Not even the Warriors this year for me. 
No, well, the Warriors have have some big question marks in terms of just age and in terms of uh, infighting. We make the all elite wrestling joke already on this podcast, but Draymond Green did. We have video. He punched a teammate hard, a violent, pretty crazy punch. Now, a lot of athletes will tell you this shit happens all the time. They've seen 20, 25 fights in their career. But as fans, we've seen one and it was Draymond Green punching the shit out of Jordan Poole. So that was tough. Uh, let's just start in the West then. And uh, so, okay. because we're kind of already talking about things them. Go ahead, buddy. The Warriors. So apparently they, they, they shook hands or something this past weekend at a preseason game. Uh, another thing, the Golden State Warriors. Did you see Wiggins' new contract? Yes. And hey, he earned it with his final oh, yeah. performance, man. Straight up. What is it? But Four years, is, 109 that- million? It's a fat bag of money for Andrew Wiggins, and that might be one of the nails in Draymond Green's coffin. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. The other team that I want to quickly talk about are the Los Angeles Lakers. Just blow this franchise up for the love of God. I'm telling you this yet again. Blow this shit up. Did you see the video of Westbrook just not even going into the team huddle before the game? Oh, man, it's it's very toxic. I think they're going to have to find a way to trade Westbrook. I did not see that video, though. I, I, I can picture it, and I, I bet it looks pretty bad. Yeah, it looks really bad because he's like he goes back to the bench, does something on the bench, walks by the coaches, and you can the end of the video, you can I, I'm assuming one of the coaches grabs him and is about to say something. But yeah, he like no one even called him over. Wow, yeah, crazy. Like they've both already mentally moved on. Both team and player seem like they're they're moving on. Yep, so exactly. Yeah, uh Russell Westbrook might be on the Indiana Pacers before long. Yep, exactly. All right, let's talk about the West. Let's talk about the West rankings. What are you thinking, Matt? I'm just gonna okay, give so- you my 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 uh conference finals and finals predictions. Okay, sounds good, man. Yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely. We'll talk to you when we when we yep. get there, and please chime in for. I'll definitely ask you some questions, especially around the Lakers and stuff. But yeah, okay. So the overarching theme of this year, much like in hockey, there is a a huge pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. There is a number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft who has the potential to be literally the all time greatest basketball player. This kid was born January 4th, 2004. He's a seven foot three, seven foot three shooter who does literally everything. He can pass. He can play defense both on the perimeter and as the greatest shot blocker who's ever lived. This kid's name is Victor Wembenyama from France. He will be the number one pick in the NBA draft. And a lot of teams are going to be very bad this year trying to get him. So he's what Zion was billed as. But yeah, he's like, but, but Zion was, Zion was six, seven in all athleticism. This mm-hmm. guy is six inches to eight inches taller than Zion Williamson. He's seven foot three. Yep. He was born in 2004. You know what I mean? This is, this is the all time video game character. This is like, this is, this isn't real. You know, the Roxanne Perez of, of the NBA. Yes, yes. If Roxanne Perez was 6'5". So there are going to be a lot of bad teams. So in the West, I think there are five teams that are clearly, clearly going to tank, going to try to get Victor on their roster. 
these five, I, I think it's uh, inassailable. These will be the five that will miss the playoffs, miss the uh, play-in tournament gimmick in some order, Boris. So I think your worst team, number 15, San Antonio Spurs. They're leaning hard into the tank. Greg Popovich has already said they're not trying. They're going to be the worst team in the West. Right above them, Utah Jazz at 14. Portland Trail Blazers at 13. They might trade your boy Dame Dash to your boys, the Los Angeles yep. Lakers. That could happen. Number 12, Oklahoma City Thunder, who are still scrappy. They still have Shy Gilgis. They still have some good players. Same with Houston Rockets at 11. Still have some good young players. Jalen Green's still going to score a lot of points. But all five of those teams will not sniff the playoffs. Ultimately, they're all trying to lose. They're all trying to get Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. You know what's funny? Because like I was wondering if you're going to add the Sacramento Kings to that list. But the Kings are going to be a scrappy team. And they're gonna suck. They're not gonna make the playoffs, yes. but they're gonna be scrappy. Yes, but I, yeah, exactly. I think there is a difference between the Kings and these five. Again, the Houston Rockets, yes. Oklahoma City Thunder, Portland Trailblazers, Utah Jazz, and San Antonio Spurs. That is, those five teams are not trying this year. The Sacramento Kings are trying this year, and I have them in the play-in tournament at number ten. They will be the 10 seed in the West. They will have to play the nine seed to get into the second play in game. Yep. So the nine seed Boris, this could be my most controversial pick of all picks. The Phoenix suns. I have them falling way, way down. This might be crazy, but I think, I think it's just going to be the year from hell from Phoenix. I think Chris Paul, this is going to be the year where he's done. Yep. It's over. Like over, I think DeAndre Ayton, uh, there's a lot of infighting. I could easily see him not trying, maybe milking an injury, getting a little of that Kawhi style rest and relaxation. It's going to be all on Devin Booker, who cannot play defense. I think the Suns will make this play in. They're not going to fall out of the playoffs. That'd be impossible. But the Suns are going to be pretty bad this year. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be that bad, but I, I agree with you that they're going to be pretty bad. Putting them in the play-in tournament, you know what? I can live with it. I can live with it. I can see it happening. You're not, yeah, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. Thank you, buddy. Might be a little aggressive. Might be a little aggressive. But at the end of the day, I do think that they're going to be in there somewhere. So I'm, I'm putting them there right at nine. Number eight, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. They don't have a lot around him. And if you look at the teams ahead of him, I, I don't see a single one being worse than the Mavericks. Agreed. Number seven, the hardest team to rank in this entire thing. Your Los Angeles Lakers. I think until we resolve this Russell Westbrook thing, I cannot comfortably put them in the top six of the West, though their talent level is clearly there. I just can't do it. What do you know for sure? No, no, I can't either. Like, the, look, the Lakers are a good team. They're a bunch of good players who know how to play basketball. Now, now, now. Yeah. <laughs> go on they, they're not a good team yes i know exactly what you mean they are they are uh some individually super talented players who comprise a fucking dog shit basketball team yeah exactly that's exactly it right i don't know like the lakers are such a like for all that here's the thing the lakers have the potential and the depth and the bench to be a top three team 
but they also have the potential to not make it to the playoffs or they have a potential to be in the play and like they they are such a wild card and it is because they have the wild card Russell Westbrook right now and until they they solve this situation they're in the shits in my opinion not just Russell Westbrook, but LeBron James, the uh. oldest player in basketball. Just like you never know with him. You never know. And Anthony Davis, who is super talented, but also you never know with his injury history and general kind of weirdness. This so, lost is why I have been advocating on this team, just blowing it up, being shit for three or four years. But they, this team needs to just re- completely rebuild. They cannot buy a team right now. I don't even know where they are in terms of how many picks they have left or where these picks that's a are. Problem. Right? Like <sighs> that's the thing. I think I think they that's the problem. I think all they have left in the in the recent in the next foreseeable future is like their 2027 and 2029, I think it is. Yeah. But there's two picks that Indiana wants for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, which they might end up doing trying to buy a championship. Yeah, exactly. But you know, but here's the thing though, the the, the, the can the Lakers trade for for picks? Can they trade for picks? Maybe if they can move Anthony Davis. Maybe if they can move LeBron James. Not Russ. Definitely not Russ. Not Russ. Not Russ. Russ won't be picks. Russ is... Man, no. with Russ, we're going to have to be paying his contract to wherever he's going. It, literally, you're going to have to trade two picks and Russ like to trade Russ. For, you're going to have to trade picks. Yeah. For, like bu- for Buddy Yield and Master. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to happen. So, yeah, those are your four teams in the play-in in the West. Lakers, Mavericks, Suns, and Kings. Number six in the West, the New Orleans Pelicans. I think it's going to start to come together. If Zion is, is anywhere near healthy, look at their roster. Brandon Agram, uh, CJ McCollum. I like their team. They're really good. Yeah, I agree. But that's the thing, right? They, they're going to have to keep it together. And they've never been in this situation. So I don't like how deep in the playoffs they'll go. Not far. But I think this is the beginning of a good couple of years with them. As long as a team stays healthy. And by the team stays healthy, I mean Zion is an active player. Yes. that By the team stays healthy, you mean the Zion stays healthy. And I yeah. agree. No, number five, it's a tough one. The Paul George, Kawhi Leonard Clippers. So they're going to take a few games off because it's Kawhi Leonard. But if they both play 55 to 65-ish games, they'll be comfortably in the top four to five-ish in the West and come what may in the playoffs. I'm excited to see what Kawhi can do, but we all know he's not playing 82 games. It's Kawhi Leonard. He won a championship in this city playing, what, 45, 55 in the regular season? Something like that. And then, you know what? The power to him, if he can get away with that. The power to any franchise that can piss off their fan base by doing that. Um, it's, you know what? But that's the thing, right? If the Clippers sell it the way that the Raptors did and say, hey, we're in it for the long run. We want the championship. We want that chip. We want to be playing come mid-June. I think... The Clippers fans, all 10 of them, are going to be happy to hear that, right? Like, I think that's the thing. That's the, how they have to sell this because, yeah, they're one of my picks for the final four. Nice, nice, man. I could easily see it. So, yeah, I've been avoiding using this term, but load management aplenty. And I do think, like you said, that's why he went to the Clippers and not the Lakers. 
because the fan base is less ravenous. They don't care it, who Clippers fans are. If they exist at all, they'd be happy to sniff the conference finals. You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah, no, they're, they're cool with what Kawhi's doing. Clippers fans are similar to Raptors fans. They have this weird, um, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, stigma. You know, they get angry at everything because they, they're not the Lakers, right? Kind of like how Raptors fans get upset because, you know, every ref is against us. Every call is against us. Everything is against us. We don't get respect in the States, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm not saying some of that isn't true, but, you know, the, the Toronto fans will make you believe that, like, the NBA just wants to shit on Toronto. It's you know what as someone who kind of does that a little bit, you're a thousand percent right. I cannot argue a word that you just said. And the Clippers are right there too, that nobody respects us, man, kind of vibe, right? The Ronnie Dangerfield of the NBA. No respect. <laughs> exactly. No, no regard either for us. Uh number four, the Memphis Grizzlies with Ja Morant and Triple J and Crew. I just think I like the other three teams ahead of them more. Just that simple. Here's the thing. The Memphis Grizzlies are going to be freaking fantastic. Um, down the stretch, though, I don't know, man. I don't know if down the stretch they're going to be good. And by down the stretch, I mean come March, April, and playoff time. Yeah, exactly right. We will see. I will, I'm going to go through the playoff picks in the West in a, in a second. Uh, kind of going to talk it myself through, uh, through them with you. Number two and three. This is where I struggled because I know who I'm picking one in the West. I'm actually going to put the Warriors three and I'm going to put the Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves second in the West. We've seen Rudy Gobert is friggin' built for regular season success. And he's basically moving to a better version of his Utah team that always finished first or second in the West, right? Yep. So instead of Donovan Mitchell, he has Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. The Jazz never had anything close to a Carl Anthony Towns. So I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are built for regular season success. They will finish second in the West. Golden State Warriors will finish third. And that leaves one team. The Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic will win the Western Conference with uh, Michael Porter Jr. with Canadian Jamal Murray. The Nuggets are sick. Yeah, they are. They really are. They are very, very good. Okay, so quickly going through the West again. Denver Nuggets 1, Minnesota, Minnesota 2, Golden State 3, Memphis 4, Clippers 5, New Orleans 6. Our play-in tournament would be the 10 seed Kings versus the nine seed Suns. I'll put Phoenix in that game. So Phoenix would beat the Kings. Lakers versus Mavericks would be a play in game seven, eight. So the winner of this hypothetical Lakers Mavericks game gets the seven seed. Let's just say, cause they're the Lakers. Luka Doncic upsets them, shocks the world. So we have the Mavericks are going to be the seven seed in my universe. That leaves Lakers versus Suns for the final playoff seed for the eighth seed boris what do you think would happen in that game the lakers they're still i said this last year and i'll say it again they are a playoff team yes i agree so i'm gonna have the lakers at eight in my western conference and the phoenix suns technically missing the playoffs so that leaves my playoff series number one versus eight denver versus lakers number two versus seven that would be Minnesota versus Dallas, which would be interesting. Three versus six, Golden State versus the Pelicans. And four versus five, Grizzlies versus Clippers. Mm, interesting. That would be a 
that'd be good series. I do, I do like this a lot. So, so the way it would shake down, I think that the Nuggets would beat the Lakers, Timberwolves would beat Luca, Warriors would beat the Pelicans. I'd have the Clippers beating the Grizzlies. That would leave us with Nuggets versus Clippers, Timberwolves versus Warriors. Warriors are going to beat Minnesota. Nuggets and Clippers, legitimately, uh, this might be my NBA final right here if the Nuggets play the Clippers. I have the Nuggets beating the Clippers, Nuggets beating the Warriors, Denver Nuggets making the NBA final this year, winning the Western Conference. What do you think, Boris? That's so funny. Okay, that sounds great because here's my pick for the for the Western Conference Finals. It's the Clippers and the Nuggets with the Nuggets going over. Beautiful, buddy. I'm glad we're in box. We didn't even talk about this for one second. It's crazy how that worked out. Yeah, it is. It really is, um, which means that we're going to be horribly wrong, but <laughs> we'll deal with that come the spring. Yes, Lakers will win the title. All right, let's go to the East. I think basically the exact same thing we said about the West could be said about the bottom five teams in the East, except I think the bottom five is really a bottom three in the East. So Indiana, Charlotte, and Washington. None of those teams are trying this year. They're all going to be very bad. Yep. Yeah. Which to me, the Wizards is, is going to be the surprise team out of those three. Like, and, and, but I agree with you that they are going to be shite, but they shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They they could have a little something, something. But no, I, I just think it's it's year six of will they trade Bradley Beal and yeah. him saying, no, I want to be a wizard forever. All that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Wizards, Charlotte, and Indiana, terrible. Nope. Detroit and Orlando. Now, these teams are going to be scrappy. They're going to try, but I could see them shutting guys down near the end, just being enticed by Wembenyama, by Victor Wembenyama. So Orlando at 12 and Detroit at 11. Those five teams, Detroit, Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, Indiana, missing the playoffs, missing the play in. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. Let's let's see where you're going with this. Because I already have my four locked in my head. Nice. Or, okay. I'm yeah, excited. My two, I should say. Yeah. 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 I'm excited to hear them. Number 10, big step back for the for the Chicago Bulls this year. I think DeRozan a year older. Uh Vucevic a year older. No Lonzo Ball. Uh, I'm kind of worried about the Bulls this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. But They'll at least be in the play-in. Yes. Yes, sir. Number nine, Lakers East, the Brooklyn Nets. Why? What are you going to get with ben, ben Simmons, who cannot shoot, probably is shooting with the wrong hand. Kyrie Irving, who is a complete head case in a contract year, which which might help, might hurt. Uh, Kevin Durant, one year older. Who knows what we're getting with Brooklyn? Nine in the East, and then win two playoff games easily play in games easily and be a big threat in the playoffs seems about right yeah it does though right right like i think it's right so number nine brooklyn number eight the best team in new york the new york knicks i think they're going to be in the play in but scrappy you know i uh, tough out the new york knicks i would have put them in the playoffs but okay let's 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 go through your scenario uh, number seven, Atlanta Hawks. Yes. Trey Young in crew. Yep. Okay. Uh, Deontay Murray is going to help that backcourt a lot because he can play defense. But again, I just I like the six teams that I have ahead of them more. Just is what it is. Yep. Well, let's hear them. Number six, Miami. Again, this is gonna it's gonna be a step back. Kyle Lowry, he might be done. Jimmy Butler. 
uh, he's not ever going to be the man who wins a chip on his own. I do love Bam out of bio. We're the Bam program. How could we not love Bam out of bio? But are Bam and Jimmy enough to win an NBA title? Nope. I would say history has clearly proven no. Exactly. So the Miami Heat at number six. Number five, Toronto Raptors. Yep. Fucking don't at me. And I'm underrating them. <laughs> Moving yeah. on. I agree. No. I think they're going to be an excellent team this year. I would go as far as putting them in the top three. Are we going to win the Atlantic? Maybe not, but I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I I think you're underrating them, honestly. The Atlantic is a tough division. Uh, in the Atlantic division, I have number four here, the Boston yep. Celtics. So they, on paper, are very, very good, but there's a lot of turmoil there. There's a scandal. They lost their coach due to a possible scandal. Uh, possible non-story, possible huge bad story. We don't really know. There's been not enough details, and that actually I don't really even care, to be honest with you, unless there was like a serious crime committed and he should be in jail. I don't want to know. So uh, Boston Celtics, there's a lot of infighting, but at the end of the day, look at their roster, man. Look at the talent that they have around Jason Tatum. They got Malcolm Brogdon on this team now. Boston's still very good. I just don't know what to make of the coaching situation. Yeah, that's a shit show. Let's just move on. Yes, sir. Cleveland Cavaliers at number that's... three, Boris. They got <sighs> the spider. They got Evan Mobley and Jared Allen just swatting shots into the fucking sixth row. I love the Cavs. They have really built a nice young team, and I think they're going to take a big leap. I think they're going to win a lot of games in the Eastern Conference and shock a lot of people. Hmm. See, I would swap Cleveland and Atlanta. On like based off of your no, list, that's but, interesting. I could see it, but all right, let's keep going. I, I'm, I'm liking where this is going. Cool, cool, cool. Number two, and they could be higher. If I want five games, ten games, I want to see this quote unquote rejuvenated, in shape James Harden. If the reports that James Harden is back are true, the Philadelphia 76ers could be even higher than number two in the East, and there's only one spot higher, but. The 76ers at number two in the Eastern Conference, leaving us with Giannis and the Bucks at number one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. So here's my Eastern Conference finals. Before you get to your playoff scenario, I'm okay. gonna pick, I'm gonna have to say it's gonna be the Bucks and the Celtics. Bucks and Celtics. Mm, interesting. Interesting. We and uh, who do you like there? I'm gonna have to say out of that, those two. The Bucks. So my finals are Bucks versus the Nuggets, with the Nuggets going over. Oh, Jokic wins his chip, Boris. Interesting, because again, we didn't. <clears throat> excuse me, we did not talk about this. So I'll quickly going through my playoff scenario, the nine ten game would be Brooklyn Chicago. Brooklyn cranks Chicago. Bye bye Bulls. Atlanta versus New York. That game's in Atlanta. Theoretically, it's the seven eight. Still, Atlanta beats New York. Trey Young handles. The uh, the Knicks, like he always does. Atlanta goes into the playoffs as the seven seed, leading us for the Battle of New York, Boris. New York versus Brooklyn, and Brooklyn breaks the Knicks' hearts. Knicks miss the playoffs. Yeah, I can see that for sure. The Knicks are still missing a couple important pieces, right? Like a same yeah, like owner. RJ. Yeah. <laughs> That is an important piece. It's an important piece. R.J. Barrett can't do it on his own. Exactly. And uh, Patrick Ewing ain't walking through that door, Boris. Exactly. 
So that our playoffs would be Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. Milwaukee beats them. Philadelphia versus Atlanta. Philadelphia sweeps Atlanta. Eat shit Hawks. Cleveland versus Miami. There is an interesting playoff series right there, buddy. I'm going to say Cleveland wins in seven, but it wouldn't shock me to see the veteran Miami Heat beat the Cleveland Cavaliers if that does come to pass. It, it literally comes to a team who has been there many times versus a team who has never been there. And, you know, it's hard not to choose the veterans in that type of situation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, Boston versus Toronto, you can basically say the same thing. Like, apply the analysis that you just gave. Yeah. Boston would be the, the team that has been there before they made the finals, and Toronto's kind of the new team. Looking, basing on their roster, although although Siakam wears a ring, Fred Van Vliet wears a ring, and Fred Van Vliet was very key to the, to the championship. He was awesome in that finals. I would still say that Boston, having been there most recently— Scotty Barnes being such an important piece. I don't know. That's that's an interesting argument. I guess Toronto's a veteran team too. Uh, anyway, so Boston versus Toronto. I'm gonna have Toronto win that series because I'm a homer. Again, don't at me. It is what it is. So we're le- we're left with Philadelphia versus Cleveland and or Miami. Milwaukee versus Boston and or Toronto. I'm gonna say Milwaukee beats Toronto and Philadelphia beats Cleveland, leaving us with a Milwaukee Philadelphia East final. I have Milwaukee winning the East, and in the Jokic versus Giannis battle, Giannis wins. Milwaukee wins the NBA championship this year. Interesting. Love it. We're close. That's so we're sick. Close. We were close. We got right there and then then broke away at the final. But that's almost perfect. That's like exactly what I would want. So I think one of those two guys is probably going to win the MVP, either Giannis or Jokic. If not, Doncic. Always a good shout because he's going to be the only one on a Mavericks team that should be pretty decent. Uh, do you have any dark horse looks for MVP? Anybody sneaking? Maybe Zion, someone like no. that? Depends. If, like I say, if he's healthy, yeah. But I think it's going to be one of the people who have won in the past five years who are going to get it again. Like that's, yeah, yeah. you know, I think how's it'll be. This? Yeah. How's, how's, how's this? this? How's this for a dark horse? The spider Donovan Mitchell if Cleveland do finish top three in the East. If they finish top three in the East, yes, because the reporters are going to want to vote for someone new, right? Yeah, exactly. Like We have to remember yeah, it's, it's a human vote, and everyone yes. has weird reasons in their head for how they vote, right? Absolutely. Uh, biases, if you will. That's just life, brother. Yeah. But yeah, man, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. See who gets Wembenyama. See who gets that chip. Uh, where where do you think Wembenyama might might land? Oh man, honestly, that's a that's a that's oh, in the Pacers. Oh, they well they could use a, they could use a talent like that in Indiana. That's a good basketball city, obviously. Indianapolis, a good basketball city. Indiana, the basketball state, arguably. I can definitely see him going to the Pacers. Pacers or Spurs is what I'm thinking right now. It's going to be one of those. The the model franchise of the Spurs or the model basketball town that is Indianapolis. Yep, exactly. All right, man. It's going to be exciting. Watch some hoops. We're going to have to get uh, Aguinaldo on a couple times. We're going to have to get some hoop heads on the show. Talk some hoops this year. Cannot wait. Go Raptors. Yep, exactly. All right, that was a lot of sports, but we had a lot to get through. Um, Let's just jump right into wrestling, and I'm going to do a very, very, very abbreviated point form notes of the Impact Report. Um, Essentially, like, yeah, 
the, you know, the first segment was 22 minutes long, and it was just promos, all the promos. Oh, no, the Triple H evolution style. Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. Josh Alexander starts it off, you know, talks about, you know, how he's beaten everyone, yada, yada, yada. Bully Ray comes out, you know, they have their back and forth really setting up things there. Steve Macklin comes out. Steve Macklin was actually pretty good on the mic, things I never thought I'd say. Moose comes (laughs) out. Uh, Moose comes out, does his spiel, and then we get Bobby Fish, who seems so lost everywhere right now. Yeah, I saw clips of like the crowd just sleeping through Bobby Fish's promo and legitimately felt bad for him. Yeah. And like it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh no, it's it's like it, what did you expect? God bless him. What did you expect? He was never a good promo. He's a 45-year-old man who's like fucking just flamed out of all elite wrestling and post weird right-wing shit on Twitter. Like what did you expect? Yep. All right. Biggest or the other takeaway, which we'll be touching on because we'll be talking about Rampage, The Kingdom, Maria Canellas, Mike Bennett, Peace, uh, uh, Matt Taven. We're talking with PCO. There's some tension with Eddie Edwards. Uh, and essentially, they said that they're going to uh, honor no more's family and they'll do right by Eddie by retaining their championships next week. So I, I think we know say, how the, where this is going to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. I think it's pretty clear, buddy. Um, I, I, weren't they kicked out? Didn't Honor No More get banned? What? What? No, no, they didn't get kicked out. Oh, I thought they lost a match and got banned or something. No, no, no. They beat. No, they beat. Um, no, no. They've always won. Okay. Like those do or die situations. Oh, okay. Main event was Josh Alexander versus Bobby Fish. Pretty good match, actually. I would watch this match. Um, Josh Alexander obviously ends up winning this. He does the C4 spike. Uh, Bobby Fish, for the record, did sell the finisher and the finish <laughs> and a three count. Nice. Wouldn't kick this match out of bed for, for eating crackers. Would exactly. You now, after the match, your X Division uh-huh. champion, Frank Kazarian, <laughs> comes out and cashes in option C, which essentially states that he is giving in, trading in his X-Division championship, and he is getting a title shot against Josh Alexander. I think this is a great thing to do. Frankie Kazarian doesn't need to do an X-Division title run, but yeah, he had a great match with Mike Bailey, one that will be on our year, and it was so good. Go watch Bailey versus Kazarian from Impact Bound for Glory if you have not seen it. Perfect use of this thing. Surprise title win. Move him on up. Have a good match with Josh Alexander. Do something to crown a new X Division champion. I love this story. That's actually brilliant. I like it a lot. Yep. So that was Impact in a nutshell. Nice. Nice, man. It, yep. sounds, like, uh, it sounds like it continues to be a watchable program. A watchable two hours of professional it wrestling. really is. It really is. All right. Let's talk some Rampage. Didn't do a rampage, rampage ramble. We were all kind of on our AEW hangover from the past week. Uh, so let's talk about some Rampage. It was from Toronto. I watched this live. You watched this on TV. What you think of the show overall? Uh, I just, I, I, Rampage is so weird. It just feels so missable. Everything is so crammed in. It's like yeah. the, the pro wrestling ADD hour. It it's really just is. like. It's just so weird. It's just like they were like five matches on the show and like a, and like promos. And it's just like 
You know, they, after you watch it, it feels like that Jim Gaffigan bit about eating hot pockets. Like, what just happened? Like, my yep. back hurts. Yeah. What just? What was that? Well, That's my Jim Jim Gaffigan. It's not very good. <laughs> but it's true. It's really true. All right. First match: Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli versus the Butcher and the Blade. I love the awkward silence. That's me. Oh yeah, for your I, reaction. Gonna say, I, I, I actually thought I actually thought we got disconnected. That was my reaction. Stone faced nothingness. No, I, I mean like it was fun to see the bunny. The crowd seemed very lively. So you guys did a good job with this match. If nothing else, you were right there for everything. I love Claudio. I love like the the mean, angry dad Claudio staring staring down at uh, the butcher and the bunny. Like, don't fuck with my tag team partner. Like, what are you doing? And yeah, it was just all just a lot of fun. Yep. A, a fun tag team opener. Exactly. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club win nine minutes nineteen seconds after the match. Moxley and Claudio essentially said Blackpool Combat Club doesn't care who they get in the ring with, and if they go down, they never stay down. And essentially sending a message to Hangman Page saying that he's going to get stepped on if he didn't step up. Good little promo. Totally fine. Yep. All right. Renee Young's uh, Renee Paquette, sorry, Renee Paquette is backstage with uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, Swerve makes fun of Billy Gunn and the acclaimed for not being able to do their scissoring anymore. And then Keith Lee essentially calls out Swerve for cheating and said that that's not nice. <laughs> Well put. He basically did. I love Keith Lee's promo here. He's like, man, we don't need to cheat. Since when do we need to cheat? If you're going to cheat, fuck you. I'm going off like on my own. Like, I don't need to do this. And that's, uh, you know, what? I, I just really like Keith Lee's delivery here. I like the Shaq Kobe thing as they've described it. I actually really like this tag team. I understand the acclaimed got over. I wouldn't have taken the belts off them or maybe I'll put them back on them. Or I just want to see this story progress in a way that's satisfying. I hope they keep going with it. Yep, exactly. And I'm I'm happy that they haven't stopped it just yet. All right. Renee Paquette then interviews the Dark Order. Uh, she talks about them losing their trios title opportunity. Jose walks up. Um, Preston Vance demanded a match with Rush. If he wins, Jose and Rush have to leave them alone. Uh, Dark Order put their fists together. They salute one another. And Stu Grayson makes his return to the group. Yeah, so is he back, do you think? Have you seen any confirmation on this either way? No, I haven't. Uh, it'd be cool to see him back just because he and Uno are a very good tag team in the ring. They have excellent chemistry. They've been wrestling together for like 20 years or whatever, right? So, Yep. All right. Uh, Jericho Appreciating Society are out. Essentially, Daniel Garcia gives an explanation as to why he hit Daniel Bryan over the head uh, with the ROH Pure Championship. He says that, uh, you know, Jericho has taught him how to win. And he is now a sports entertainer. That was the gist. Jericho does his spiel about being, you know, the ROH champ and how he's going to beat up all past ROH champions. That's when Dalton Castle comes out, challenges Jericho to a match on Tuesday's Dynamite. Because remember, Dynamite's on Tuesday this week. Yes, going head to head with NXT. By God, the Wednesday Night Wars are back in Tuesday form. 
Uh, <laughs> I liked Alton Castle here. He was pretty, pretty charming, pretty funny fella on the microphone. Uh, to follow up on something that we talked about on the last BAM podcast, I was heartbroken to not be able to sing Judas on Wednesday. And not out of protest or anything, mostly out of uh, just being tired and over it and and kind of underwhelmed at the card. But I turned down free tickets to Rampage on Thursday. I just I just I just was like, no, I'm just going to stay home because partly not not that I was disappointed on on, by Dynamite, but I'm not I'm not playing Tony Khan's game. (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I don't try to be stubborn about it, but it's just like, Dude, man, you party hold on, hold on, motherfucker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not trying to be stubborn about it, but you are 100% stubborn about it. I love it. I'm mad. I'm mad. You carny motherfucker. You actually took that from us. You actually took Judas from us so you could play Jericho's shitty ECW theme because you have a throbbing erection for the past. What the fuck, dude? Just please stop outsmarting yourself. Please just give the fans what they want, like you used to, instead of outsmarting yourself all the time, signing the kingdom and playing fucking Thunder Kiss 85, or I think that was actually the ECW real theme song, which slapped. Anyway, I'm just mad. I'm just mad, and my brain has been shattered by Tony Khan's booking. I don't know why I saw the kingdom, but not... Well, I guess I didn't see the kingdom because I wasn't there on Rampage. But you know what I mean? I, I yeah. Just let us sing Judas. They, they, the first time that Jericho showed up in Canada with AEW, they they played some fucking weird ECW song instead of Judas. Why? Yeah. Why did you do that? What the fuck is wrong with you, man? Just, just do the smart, obvious thing, right? Man, no? I don't know. You know, it's kind of funny that you even bring that. Let's talk about that right now. Like, the card that he brought, the people that he brought, like, we didn't get... You know, we didn't get Penta, we didn't get Fenix, we didn't get Rush, we didn't get Bandito, we didn't get a whole bunch of people. Like, And I'm not saying no. the cards were bad, but he is very lucky at how dedicated the AEW fans are. No hook, no MJF entrance or match or promo really in front of the live crowd. He had a backstage thing and he was in the skybox watching the Moxley hangman thing. Uh yeah, just look, obviously, like, you know, the, the Bucks and Kenny are still suspended, I guess. But, heck, it would have been a pretty good place to bring back Kenny Omega. Nope. Uh, just, yeah, well, we got Sean Spears, though. God bless him. <laughs> okay, God we got bless FTR. him. We, we got, got FTR. We got the perfect end. We got FTR. Yeah, we did. So, we did at get least FTR. that. At least that. All right. Anna JAS versus Nyla Rose, because Nyla Rose just stole the fucking belt. You know how much I love these storylines. The match was okay, whatever. It was typical. Nyla Rose ends up winning. After the match, though, Jade Cargill comes out with Layla Gray, Kira Hogan. They beat up a bunch of uh, local Ontario wrestlers. And, 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 and Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero literally just squirm off to the side without the Cargill noticing shit. Cargill looked like such a moron here. Yeah, she did look like a moron. Also, why would like it's I, I, I know why they did it. So you can get the stage picture of Jade standing up to all these security guards and beating the shit out of all of the male or female. But why would the cops be protecting the person who stole the property? If yeah. there were if there was any kind of cops or security detail there, they would be trying to apprehend Nyla and get the belt back for Jade. Why would they be, be 
be protecting Nyla from Jade. That makes no sense. It was just yeah. like it's just like it was a silly bit of pro wrestling. Nothing offensive about it, but you're right. It just was it was dumb and a waste of Jade Cargill to bring her out there for two minutes for that. Like you like, I don't know. Should have seen Dan during that. <laughs> mouth mouth yeah. agape. Yeah, he was just so upset at the very thought that she like or at the very sight of Jade Cargill, like just and the worst part was the fact that she looked like an idiot. So it's like he's like, You see, you see, proven right yet again. I don't know. But, I don't know if I go that far, mouth, but yeah, I, I I think they're I think they're at the point where they might be misusing Jade Cargill. I think that they're trying they don't know what they want from her. Right, they want to do this dominant thing, but then they make her look like an idiot every time she goes up against someone. You know, until the match happens. Look at the Athena stuff, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, Anyways, too right. much, I don't, we're spending way too much know. time on this. Isaiah Cassidy versus Ethan Page. If Ethan oh. Page wins, he gets their contracts plus Matt Hardy's contract. Two minutes, twelve seconds. Ethan Page quickly, quickly wins. I don't think I don't think I I don't think AEW realizes that when they just throw something in there like this, like without any explanation, without any entrances, it makes everyone look like a jobber. Like just throwing Ethan Page in this little segment makes it seem like you don't need to treat him like a big yep. deal. You wouldn't do this with MJF. You wouldn't just put MJF in a two minute match unannounced and say, Well, blah, 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 this is the storyline, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he won. You know, yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was just like it made Ethan Page look sub uh, like it's like a sub star, like and a he was at C home. level player. And he right? was at home. It was just like they're doing too much. It's just they uh, there's, there should be two, maybe three matches, not like five. You know, uh, just it just really broke my heart to see them use Ethan Page like this and made him look like a total shithead. Even though he won the match, it made him look like Coco Beware. Yep. Sean Spears, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, the pinnacle. Versus Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona. Yeah, the gates of agony in the main event of Rampage here. Yep, Spears ends up getting the win after a C4 Death Valley drive. Uh, so Spears, Harwood, and Wheeler win after the match. The Kingdom, Maria Canellas, Mike Bennett, uh, and Matt Taven come out. Canella said she was the first lady of professional wrestling. Uh, she said the end New Japan Pro Wrestling and ROH titles belong to them first. FTR never faced them. Uh, she's putting the entire company on notice. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Building up stuff for the future. But long story short, short story long, the kingdom is now in AEW. At least for now. At least for now, we didn't get the did we we that we gotten the official word that they are all elite. No, right? No, we haven't. No, I I don't think actually. And which that's means coming. that it seems like they're gonna probably be here just for like a quick cup of tea, uh, because you know we know how fast they are gonna announce something like Renee Paquette. They announced literally after her segment, they put up the graphics on social media that she's all elite, right? So them not doing that for the kingdom leads me to believe that they're there for a cup of tea because I still believe that their ultimate destination will be WWE. You think so, eh? I think they're going to be there for, uh, whatever ring of honor ends up being if it's something right but yeah maybe maybe because it will take so long for roh stuff to play out they will end up going to wwe who knows but yeah it was 
I, it's not disappointing. It's not going to kill the territory because Matt Taven came out. You know what I mean? But it is, it is underwhelming, inarguably so, right? Like if, if I would have told you this, these were the two cards that we got on Dynamite and on Rampage and explained to you exactly what happened and, and showed you the matches, I'm not sure if you'd be like, oh, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to check out these two nights. I think you'd be like, huh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the main event of the show. And that, well, I guess, no, let's talk about uh, FTR versus. Okay. Did you watch that? Yeah, versus, yeah, FTR versus Aussie Open from a New Japan Royal Quest. I believe it was night one. I did not watch it yet because I was, like, tired last night. I need to give that match the respect it deserves. I've heard numerous people say it was the best tag team match they ever saw. And I said that after FTR versus Briscoe's won this year. I, I said, holy shit, that might have been the best tag team match I've ever seen. So the fact that FTR has two of those this year is incredible. I did not watch it yet. I will give it the respect it deserves. I will talk about it with you next week. Have you seen it? Do you want to talk no, about it? I haven't seen it just yet. Okay, All right. perfect. Let's do it next week. Triple Mania. We're going to be talking some Triple A, Triple Mania, Triple Mania, Night 3, Part 3, I guess. First one was in May, second one June, third one was just this past Saturday. Matt, quickly, what you think of the show overall? Man, even when AAA is bad and Boris, it's quite often bad. Oh, it's horrible. It's, so it's horrible sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's bad, but it's so much fun all the time. This started with this great big concert, and there was Willie Mack was dancing with sponsors. Oh, my and there's God. There's blood, and there's crowd shots, and people are, like, gasping and, and cheering and standing, and I love AAA. Like, a four-hour AAA show is a party. we got to start getting together and cranking beers and watching, like, the big AAA shows, man. Yeah. Oh, so that would be a lot of fun. Um, of note. So, of note, Rey Mysterio sends a message congratulating AAA for 30 years. He says he's honored to be part of the AAA family. I got to say this. If this was six months ago, would Rey Mysterio have shown up even in a video message? I'll... I'm going to lean no, but there's a 10% chance yes, just because yeah. we saw, we did see AJ Styles show up in an Impact's video, right? Uh, yeah. Not too long ago. And Vince McMahon did have a working relationship with AAA for a little bit there in the 90s, 1997, right? So maybe, but you're probably, I would say 90% no, 10% yes. But like, this is now a second example in under a week, the first example being the whole Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows still yeah. wrestling in New Japan. Um, are, are we seeing a sh like a change in attitude, or what? Like, what do you think is going on? Like, let's see, let's 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 chat about this for a second. It is very interesting, eh? Like, we are seeing a little bit more of WWE spreading their wings. Again, Vince McMahon had done this, but only when WWE was struggling, only when they were losing the war to WCW would he reach out to an ECW or a AAA. We rarely see it when WWE is on top of the world, them even acknowledging anybody else existing, uh, anybody else's existence. So... Man, it is very, very interesting. I uh, but but ultimately, it's not going to lead to much. Like Rey Mysterio threw in a YouTube video, and Carl Anderson's going to lose that title at his first opportunity, and that's going to be that. So yeah, but it, it is it is worth noting. But New Japan, like Wrestle Kingdom, will have wrestlers from WWE, AEW, and Impact all on the card. 
That's really cool. That feels like some some friggin' old school like Star Wars world class shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the best independent wrestlers, the way that WrestleMania one was supposed to feel. That's that's really cool. All right, let's talk AAA quickly. Uh, the first match was Dragon Lee and Dralistico versus Ares and Willie Mack, uh, Mestizas Jr. and Commander, and uh, Latigo and Toxin. Okay, two things about this match. This has a shot to show up on the 122. The opening match, the fatal four-way tag team match from AAA, Tripla Mania, uh, Commander, Commander, holy shit, this guy. He might be the greatest high flyer uh, in the world. And if you subscribe to like the evolutionary athletic theory, whatever, he might be the greatest high flyer of all time who was ever born. Commander, this guy in this AAA tag team match. If you've never seen him, go check out GIFs. Go check out one of his matches. He's going to blow your mind. They did it all. They did it all. 450 splashes, standing moonsaults, running moonsaults, shooting star presses, tornillos. Tijeras. <laughs> they even did a couple destroyers, which, ironically enough, in Spanish, they call them Destructora Realistica, meaning like, you know, the true destroyer, which is kind of cool because that's how the match ended. But great match. Um, Like they were just taking out each other constantly throughout this match. And it was really well put together match. Man, Dragon Lee, he's so good. So many of these guys are incredible, but yeah, Dragon Lee is just a wild wrestler and has been for so long. Dralistico and Dragon Lee, those uh, Almanos Lee, they're going to be wrestling FTR. That's going to be a crazy match. I'm excited for that one. Hopefully that happens in uh, in front of a hot Mexican crowd. Yeah, exactly. So after the match, Dr. Simi, bunch of dolls started falling. He is a sponsor from a pharmacy uh and uh him and willie max start dancing all right let's talk about this next match the triple a reina de reina's championship taya versus camille i uh i have to shout out i've shouted him out before suit williams who writes for uh figure four online the uh the dave Meltzer brian alvarez website he describes this match as a replacement level hardcore match i, I think that. that's 100 bang on that is bang on well yeah, I, I think that's that that's for sure fair. Uh, Ty Valkyrie was started bleeding like two seconds in this match. Pulled up John Moxley. Um, man, they were just <laughs> they were hitting each other very stiff, very stiff. The signal went out for a couple minutes in the middle of this match. Uh, but overall, yeah, this 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 is a just a a nasty hardcore match, and I mean nasty in a just like you were actually a little afraid for them at times. It was, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Maybe replacement level is a little harsh because they did, they worked, they worked very hard. But we see so much wrestling. We've seen this exact thing. We saw blood and guts on this show far more than we saw in this match, right? So maybe at the end of the day, I think I think he kind of is onto something here. So Camille leaped for a flying crossbody. Uh, Taya rolls through, does an STF, gets Camille to tap out. All right. That was that. Conan comes out, um, says how proud he is because he was a part of the first Triple Mania uh, main event. 
He says he's always tried to bring order to Triple A. Cybernetico interrupted with his vipers. Uh, he called Conan an infection and a virus to Triple A. They jump him, uh, and uh, that's that. Conan is left down and out for now. It's so funny. As soon as you see Conan on these shows, you're just like, hmm, I wonder who's coming out to beat the shit out of this man right now. Right. Exactly. All right. The next match. Oh, this made me laugh so much. All right. So Sam Adonis, Brian Cage, they're out. Then we get this amazing intro for Johnny Caballero. Caballero <laughs> is kind of like brother. Like he's a, like just the way that you say like uh, gentleman, right? So it's John Morrison. And in AAA, he is known as Johnny Caballero. Right. So is he is he a technical now? He's a good guy. I don't know. With Sam Adonis, I don't. I'm pretty sure Sam Adonis is still considered a rudo with his pro America uh, gimmick. Sam Adonis being the brother of Corey Graves. Um, so this oh. is a triple threat trios match. So the teams are John Morrison, Brian Cage, and Sam Adonis, Sanson, Guatero, and Forestero, who are your champions. And the third team is Psycho Clown, Laredo Kid, and Bandito. Now, this match did have a very interesting and stupid stipulation where the only way the titles will change hands is if you pin the champions of Sanson, Cuatero, and Forastero. Right. Uh, Nueva Generacion Dinamita, I believe. NGD, right? That is that group. So, yes. So, Boris, the obvious question, my friend, is um, if the only way to win the titles is to pin this one team and there are three teams, why would you ever try to pin the other team? How does that make any sense? Well, that's the beauty of this match, my friend, because the <laughs> end of the <laughs> the end of the of the match saw Johnny Caballero uh, kicking Leather Kid in the cojones uh, behind our freeze <laughs> nice. back for the win because the champs were not pinned. The titles did not change hands. And I actually love the way that the champs were selling this because it's like, we're still champs, motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, they were, they basically sold the win too. Yeah, a very silly match with a very silly ending. Also, but uh, yeah, did whatever. you notice that Sam Adonis and Psycho Cloud were like literally not in the match at all? I actually didn't because there was a lot going on. But that's hilarious. Were they just sitting back having a having a pop and eating some popcorn? Exactly, eating some tacos, having some uh, some some dos equis or something. I don't know. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, what did, this match was a mess, but it was fun. It yeah. was a fun mess. Yeah, that's the thing. Perfectly put, buddy. It was a mess, though. It was an absolute mess. But yeah, even the finish was a mess. The conceptual, like, from start to finish, every piece of this was a kind of a disaster, but in a fun way. Yep. After this, we saw Arturo Rudo Rivera and Blue Demon, the original Blue Demon, Blue Demon Senior, being inducted into the AAA Hall of Fame. Yeah, nice moment. Nice moment. Triple A does well by its history. That's why I like Triple A, uh, among many other reasons. And like matches like this next one Pagano versus Cybernetico oh. in a hair v hair match. I actually might need a coffee refill for this one. This match, it felt like it went 35 minutes. Right? It was a long match, but it was a hardcore match. And these motherfuckers beat the shit out of each oh other. Oh, my God. There was a lot of stuff going on. Here's what happens. Referee gets his ass kicked by Axel. Was it? What, what, did they hit him with a light tube? 
Yes. The, I think the referee got knocked out with a light tube in this match. Yes. Yeah. So then all hell breaks loose. Um, the Vipers come out to help Cybernetico. Conan comes out to help Pagano. That was going back and forth a lot. Uh, that's when Vampiro does his yearly AAA appearance for a paycheck and becomes the new ref all of a sudden. Uh, so this is all going back. Um, but yeah, so the end, we saw Pagano and Cybernetico climbing a ladder. A table was set up on the stage. The table was a swerve because Pagano lifted Cybernetico for an air raid crash in the opposite direction, crashing through the stage. Then Vampiro just does a three count, and we see um, Pagano being the first to climb out. And therefore, he must have been on top for the win, right? Yes, logic uh, checks out. Yeah, so uh, again, very long, crazy, brutal, hardcore match, but they saved the best spot for last. That was an awesome spot. Like you said, the fake table and just fucking going off the other side through the stage. That was awesome. That, nobody was expecting that. All right. Now, after the match, uh, Cybernetico gets uh, pulled out via stretcher. Everyone's saying, where the hell's the haircut? This happens backstage. He does end up getting his hair cut. All right, dude, the next match. The next match oh. might be, might be my match of the year. And that is wow. Hijo del Vecino versus Ray Fenix for the Definitely. AAA Mega Campeonato. Definitely high up on the list. I think it's fair to say, and there was, uh, I, I think it was uh, a Zumi versus Starlight Kid last year. Yeah, that was that was similar to this, or was it even this year? It might have been early this year. I think year, it was this Azumi. year. Yeah. Okay. So the Azumi versus Starlight Kid match, we compared to like a Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid, right? Like the the cutting edge, high flying of its day. That's what this felt like. This felt like I like. Like, I'm trying to think of the, the dunk contest, but between Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, right? You know what I mean? Like the last great dunk contest where they really wowed us with their athletic feats, like the logical like ceiling of what we can do mm -hmm. in, a, in high flying. That's what this match felt like. This match was insane. This match, the amount of 630s that they were doing. Okay, at one Jeez. point, Vikingo did a just a regular in the middle of the match, a 6.30 senton onto Fenix. Fenix then hits a fire driver. He then does a second fire driver. Vikingo then counters on the turnbuckles, and he does a reverse Rana. The amount of reverse Ranas and poison Ranas they did in this match was absolutely insane. The end of the match saw Vikingo hitting an inverted 4.50 splash onto Fenix for the three count to retain the triple a mega campeonato belt dude this match was so special that the fans did something that they rarely do in mexico and that is they start poor guys in the ring they start throwing coins at the wrestlers and money at the wrestler saying you were worth our dollar yeah, that's actually so amazing. That's such a nice gesture that I would hate to be in the middle of, yeah. like you said, like <laughs> coins raining down on them. But that is so sick. Yeah, I, I, like the crowd told you, they literally threw their money at these guys. I think my favorite spot was uh, Vikingo running down the ramp, bouncing off the middle rope, yes. and doing a six thirty into the ring from the middle rope on the outside. I just like I've never conceived that a human being could do anything remotely close to that. Like yeah. this was fucking wild. This was 
you have to you have to consider this i think an all-time classic an all-time classic just because of the absolute sheer insanity of the high flying yeah like we talk about well sorry one last point we talk about like the pillars and like commentary has to matter storytelling has to matter all the shit it doesn't always have to matter sometimes one aspect of a match is so blow away amazing that it makes it an all-time classic and this was that yeah uh did you watch this in spanish or or english Spanish. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you picked up on this. You're pretty sure you have no idea what they were saying, but the but Kenny Omega did come up in this match, and they're essentially saying that Kenny Omega wanted to be in this match, but because of a suspension, he is not allowed to wrestle anywhere in the world right now. Yes. Oh, interesting. I did not pick up on that. I was actually going to ask if Kenny is going to wrestle El Hijo del Vikingo because that would be fucking incredible Dude, or a triple threat. Can you imagine at this point? The possibility of seeing Kenny versus Hijo de Valquino at next year's Triple Mania and also most likely being set up on November 5th is Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. We're getting that Wrestle Kingdom match, I think. I really do. It's The rumor is, is that Kenny is going to be in Japan on November 5th to set that up, but you never know. Awesome. I hope so. I hope that comes true. Man, what a, it could be a big year for Kenny Omega in 2023. Yeah, Plus, he's he, going to wrestle CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. But Hijo de Vikingo versus Ray Fenix, please go out and watch this. So the whole tradition is, you know, you're worth our money, the whole throwing of the coins, the throwing of money. The winner grabs all the money, puts it in a box, and labels it and puts it, like, as a trophy for himself. That's kind of the tradition. I just wanted to throw out it. Throw that piece out there. Then even the main event, I absolutely loved, which was a Ruleta de la Muerte mask versus mask final Pentagon Jr. versus Viano 4. Yeah, the history of Viano, the Viano family. We, we all knew that Viano was losing his mask here, but it was really crazy. It was a, a wild, emotional brawl here. This is the kind of thing that you come to expect from lucha i love the reverse tournament losers move on ultimate loser loses his mask i love that gimmick this was yeah this was a worthy main event it will not be showing up on our year-end list despite the emotion despite the uh you know true genuine uh crowd reactions but at the same time it's definitely a match that must be remembered at the end of the year i I couldn't call it one of the best but it's definitely one of the most important yeah, I, I personally like the two the, the the double psych when the referee wasn't in a good position and uh, both men were able to make the other person tap out. Yeah, that was really fun. I like that spot too. That's a yeah. really really good look. Yeah, but at the end, uh, Penta kicks just a brutal kick to Viano's head. Uh, then he went for a pin after an arm breaker, and that gets him the win. After the match, everyone is crying. Dude, the crowd was crying. Everyone's crying in the ring. Did you see Penta's daughter, like, just running into the ring and hugging her blood-soaked father? Like, it was insanely I mean. emotional. Like, Lucha Libre is different, man. Lucha Libre hits different. Like, that, as much as this wasn't a technical classic, you don't get stuff like that in other pro wrestling. You just don't. Yeah, so when Viano unmasked, he announced that his name is Tomas Diaz Mendoza. He is 57 years old with 42 years of wrestling experience. Yeah, and he looked it. He, he His forehead carved Dude, to shit like Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. 
That was insane. It's, it, yeah, just absolutely crazy, man. Like this guy, he was, he's a 42 year pro 57 year old man. How many people in that crowd are 57? How many people in that crowd are 42? I would say the majority, the majority of people who watch that show, you know what I mean? We're younger than 42. We have been alive the entirety of this guy's professional wrestling career. And he just took his, he just took his mask off. His name is now public record. Lucha Libre is fucking sick, man. It's actually so cool. The more you watch it, the more you want to watch it. Yep. Like, even like you said, even when it's bad, it's good just because it just hits differently. There's a crowd emotion. There's an emotion. It's the realness. It's kind of like, you know, watching like, like pure Sue, right? Like there's just something different about it and it just hits different. And I love it. hundred percent, buddy. Couldn't say that. Couldn't have said it better, man. Lots of good wrestling to talk about this week. Hope y'all stuck with us and enjoyed this here podcast. And we got a lot coming up next week too, man. It's going to be a big show. We're going to do a Steelers versus dolphins roast. We're going to do NFL week seven talk. We're going to talk about that FTR Aussie open match. And we got a top 10 coming for you maybe it's a top 20 maybe it's a top 34 we don't even know exactly all that said thank you for listening he's matt i'm boris till next time stay tranquilo look at where you came from look at you now zuckerberg and gates and buffett amateurs can fucking suck it fuck their wives drink their blood